Okay, awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? Good. Yeah, of course. I'm glad you guys are doing good. So, I will uh, make a little announcement first that I will not forget the offering this time. We, it will not be a quick little, don't rob God, come bring your offerings this time. <laughs> I wrote it in my notes, so. <laughs> but today was actually really inspired by the Durants kind of being here, kind of the flow of what we were talking about with them. So today we're talking about honor. Honor and serving. Honor is the key. So the heart of a servant, you know, there's, there's a bunch of titles I could have gave this. I, I still, you can choose whichever one you want. Heart of the servant, honor is the key. You can just choose your title there. <laughs> but that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm super excited. It's a really good message that I believe every church should hear. So I am firstly going to say, uh, before praying, that when the Durants were here, and hopefully, who was here when they were here, the Durants? Okay, good. Praise God. So I will say that when we have guest speakers such as the Durants here, the honor, and everyone was, was super awesome, were super receptive, very giving, very honoring to them. And you could see the giftings really flowing in the church. Well, you see the honor, and you can really pull on the anointing by you honoring and by your expectation. But I was thinking about well, when guest speakers leave and we have a man of God, a woman of God, such as Pastor Daryl and Pastor Lisa, and what's on them? The anointing that's on them. You know, you want to pull on that, not just when guest speakers are here, but Sundays, Wednesdays, anytime you're around. These amazing men and women of God, God has actually called you to be under. Amen? And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. So firstly, oh, let me pray. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for each and every individual here that they have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, hearts ready to receive the word. Lord, we're so glad this morning. We're so glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Father, we thank you that your word is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And we thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that this, this word that you've given me to give to your people, I thank you, Father, that this word is anointed. And I thank you that they will go out from this place in a greater level and uh, increase than, than when they walked in. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, firstly, I'm open up with why do we serve? Why do we serve? And this is serving in any capacity of the church. Why do we serve? Well, serving is God-ordained. Amen? amen? Serving is God-ordained. Let's go to uh, Acts 6. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Man, this is a powerful... When I read this, uh, this little piece, I was like, this is so good. I think the first time I really looked into this was there's a book by Buddy Bell. Um, what is it called? What's it called, the Buddy Bell book about serving? It's about serving, and it's by Buddy Bell. So if you look that up, I'm sure it'll come up. Yes, the Ministry of Helps. That's what it is. Helps Ministry, yeah. And uh, I actually first read that in Bible school at the river, but then also at this Bible school, at Ambassador School, which I also went to this one, we also read it here. So, 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 so good. So if you really want to dive deep into serving and why we serve, read that book. But we're going to go to Acts 6, 1 through 7. I'm reading from NKJV. So it says, Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, which Hellenists were Greek-speaking Jews. 
because the widows were neglected in the daily distribution. So they come up, you know, they're coming up to the disciples and they're complaining. Sometimes that happens in churches. This is why, let me tell you, I'll give you a little hint why pastors and ministers will kind of hide before services because they're, they're full, they have the message and you're ready and they're filled up and they have, and someone will come up and start talking to them about there wasn't soap in the bathroom or what have you. And really, that's not a matter that you should be taking to someone who's about to minister. And so a lot of times you see ministers hiding and stuff. But anyway, so they come up to the disciples. And the disciples, they're trying to spread the word. But they come up with a complaint because this is a, a real thing that needed to be addressed. The, the widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So verse 2, Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. We have laid down our lives we're studying, we've given our lives to studying the word and giving the word, and you're coming about tables, serving tables. He says it's not desirable. He didn't say absolutely we would never do that. These are humble servants, apostles. When you're in the ministry, you are, you are willing. But he said it's not desirable. This isn't the way it should flow. This is interrupting a flow for us to be able to minister correctly, is what he's saying here. So he said it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Verse 3, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. So this is, this is here where he's going to talk about having other people serve the tables. So this, when, you, when I read this, I want you to think about children's church. I want you to think about nursery. I want you to think about cleaning the bathrooms and greeting and everything that goes on to help run a church. This is what he's talking about right here. He says, I want you to pick out seven. Seven men of good reputation. That's number one. Number two. Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. So he here is actually saying that you serving in the church is not just some, oh, just pick whatever, just whoever, get somebody off the street. Those who are serving in the church are, I mean, it is a high honor. He said, I want someone of good reputation. I want someone who's full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom you got to know how to really help the ministry when you're serving. That is the heart of a servant. How can I help this ministry? How can I help the, the flow of what God is trying to get to the people? How can I help that? And so he said, you got to be full of the Holy Ghost. How many times, you know, if you're clothing or whatever, you got to know when, when to step. You know, if Dr. Mary Fran's going to minister and you're stepping in front of her, stopping her, oh, that's stopping the flow. Full of wisdom and full of the Holy Ghost. You gotta be full of wisdom, be full of the Holy Ghost if you're teaching in KOF. You gotta know what those children need. You have to be able to flow in what the Holy Spirit is doing, even just even you know serving in what you might think is a small thing. It's not a small thing to God. He got a whole Acts chapter six verses one through seven. He got a whole passage about it, right? And so he said, I want you to seek seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, that we may appoint over this business. Verse four. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So our pastors, those in the ministry, I mean hours in prayer and in studying the word so that they have something to be able to give to the people. Pastor Darrell has talked about this many times, about studying on Saturdays that don't invite him to parties. There's probably many events many parties that they would have loved to attend and go to, but because they've laid down their lives to give themselves to continuous prayer and study of the word, 
then there's there's a price. I mean, there is a that might not seem like a super super high price there. You know, not going to a party, but there is a price to pay when you're in ministry. There are things you're not going to be able to do, but it is a great honor to be able to be in the ministry. It's a great honor to be able to serve the Lord in that capacity. But it says we're going to give ourselves to continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And verse 5 says, And the saying pleased the whole multitude. They were like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> and they chose Stephen, the martyr Stephen. That's who we're talking about here. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Stephen started off serving tables. Stephen, you know, when he looks out, don't, you know, don't put on them what they're doing. When Stephen looks, I mean, he's, I think, the first recorded martyr in the, in the word. The, the uh, level we put Stephen on, if you look and see that he was first chosen to serve tables, that, and they called him a man of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, you see, you see really where serving is actually in the word. You see where it is placed level-wise in the word. It's not some oh, you just do that, you're on the bottom of the pole. No, 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 no. No, a church, the ministry is, run, is able to run and flow because of those who are serving. Amen? Amen? And so it pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, Philip, and then it goes on, lists a couple other people. And then it says, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. And then the word of God spread. Verse 7 says, then the word of God spread. And the, mem- and the number of the disciples multiplied, multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. This is all because they decided to choose people to serve the tables so that these other apostles could give themselves to the word and to prayer. Amen? That's powerful. Because of those who were serving, the word of God spread and a number of, multitude of disciples multiplied greatly and they were obedient to the faith. So... I want you to really get an attitude here and a heart of why we serve, why we serve in the ministry. It is God-ordained, amen? amen? And so also your heart, your heart and your attitude while serving is super important. Isaiah 119 says, the willing and the obedient eat the good of the land. Amen. Not just the willing, not just the obedient. If you're willing but you don't do it, you don't eat the good of the land. If you do it but you're not actually willing in your heart, you're doing it begrudgingly, you're like, oh, Okay, I guess I'll wipe the bathroom sink, whatever, because they're asking me to. You don't get fruit. You don't get to get the reward. Your heart's not in the right place. How many times did Jesus, in the Gospels, how many times did Jesus actually mention someone's heart? On the outside, you're whitewashed, but inside, you're a dead man, full of dead man's bones. You're, You're... How many times did he say, you're vipers? He's talking about their heart. They were doing what looked like all the right things. But he's referring to the heart here. And so when you're serving, serve, serve like you're getting paid. Because first of all, you are. In the kingdom of heaven, you are. It says in the word of God to store up your treasures where moth, and rust, moth don't eat and rust don't destroy. There is a treasure being stored up. Don't forget that. God sees every time that there's a piece, you know, there's a little wrapper on the floor in the lobby and you walk by and you pick it up. God sees that. God sees your heart. Don't forget, you can start doing so many things in ministry and gets, that you forget that God sees these things. It says even if you gave someone just a cup of water, right. right? And so don't ever forget that God is looking at your heart and he's looking for who he can promote. Mm-hmm. 
God is looking for who he can bring up higher. But to come up higher, you must go lower. Amen. When you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he will exalt you in due time. He will lift you up. Amen? Amen. And so as you humble yourselves, God, what would you have me do? How can I help today in the best way possible? How can I help the flow of service? How can I help my pastors? How, whatever it is. When you have that kind of heart attitude, God will promote you. Amen. It's just, it's like natural fruit of, of you humbling yourself is promotion. And so serve like you're getting paid. Uh, never have the attitude of, well, if I got paid, then I would such and such. But if I was getting paid, then I would do that better. Yeah. Someone told me the other day that a long time ago, someone told them when they said something about doing something or serving, they said something along the lines of like, well, it's fine. You can just do it like that. It's not like you're getting paid. Whoo! Yeah. If that's your heart attitude, one, I don't think you'll be here very long. Yeah. <laughs> and two, you're not getting promoted. You're going to stay at the same level if that's your heart attitude. That is an issue of the heart. Yeah. That is, whoo, you better get that rooted out real quick. But, uh, of course, oh, okay. If somebody also has said this to someone who's serving or someone who works in the ministry or whatever it is, you know, well, you do that because you get paid for it. <laughs> Listen, that person's probably working in the ministry and get paid, gets paid for it because they were serving before that and did everything not getting paid naturally here on earth. And that's actually what caused them to be promoted and be put into that position. If you would do the same thing, you would also get promotion as well. If you would have a heart, I want to serve you, Lord. He will bring you up higher. Amen? Amen. And so you work as unto the Lord no matter what. Yeah. However long. Yeah. You work as unto the Lord. How many times, remember when Pastor Daryl has talked about when he was working, and this is secular jobs, this isn't just ministry. When you're working at your job, you're working as unto the Lord. That means act like Jesus is your boss. If Jesus was your boss, how would you be doing that job right now? If Jesus, if you were in that room and you're, you know, doing whatever you're doing, and Jesus walked in, and that was boss man, you know, and you're kind of like, you know, there's people who are just like kind of playing around, whatever, but you hear steps, you know, it's your boss coming Act like you're doing something because you know the boss is there. Jesus is there already. Amen. The Holy Ghost is right there. And so <laughs> work as if you are working unto the Lord. He's your boss man that signs your checks because really he is. Amen. Amen. So you work as unto the Lord. Now, with that being said, <laughs> whoever you're working under, serving under, whether it be church or your job or what have you, you do the job how they want it done, not you. I'm going to refer back to church because we're talking about church here. It's not your church. It is your church in the sense that you want to have a pride of, this is my church, I want to help it. But when it comes to making decisions, if you think you can run it better, if you think you can do something better, you're already in the wrong mindset. Amen? Amen. I remember a long time ago I was doing something. I was doing something. It had to do with, like, arts, either graphics or something. And I remember I put my, man, I made this, this whole thing, like how I really wanted it to look. I thought it looked so good. And someone came in who's over me and is like, no, we want to do this. And I thought, man, that does not look good at all. Like visually, that is not appealing. No. So at first I was like, oh, I'm telling you, if you could just like look at this, though, it looks so much better, right? And I had to have a heart check. Uh, it's not your church. You're here to serve and you're here to do exactly what they're telling you to do. And it doesn't come back on you. It reflects on them. What happens in this church reflects on the pastors. Right. Yeah. 
Anything that takes place is going to reflect back on them. And so that's just like in a, in a husband and wife situation where the wife is submitted to the husband. If he makes a decision and maybe it's not the best decision that could have been made, it's going to reflect back on him. The weight is going to fall on him, which is why it's so important to be submitted. Amen? And so you do it however they want to do it. However you want to get it done, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, that's how I'll do it. And when you do that, you're actually sowing. You're sowing. Whenever you're, ah, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Let me not say that. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on that, actually. All right, so serving. Let's go to Luke 10, 38 through 42. Luke 10, 38 through 42. Luke 10, 38 through 42. I know a lot of times when you're, uh, when you're preaching, you should. I know a lot of people do put little markers in their Bible for like each scripture so you can like go to it quickly. I kind of like to test myself. I don't ever put little markers. I'm like, let me see how fast. Can I get to it faster than everybody else gets to it? I try to like get to it quickly and like <laughs> kind of test myself. <laughs> Luke 10, 38 through 42. It says, this is about Mary and Martha. So now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. This is Jesus, right? And so Mary and Martha, I want you to picture this. Jesus is coming to your house. (laughs) Jesus is coming to your house. What do you do just when you have like a family member coming over to your house? You're cleaning. Swipe, swipe, swipe everything under under the rug. Put everything in the closet. Clean, make it look nice. Make sure it's nice. Now, this is Jesus coming to your house. Well, how much more would you think that way? And so Martha welcomes him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care my sister's left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. So she's coming to Jesus trying to tattle on her sister. <laughs> I'm over here, I've said this in youth, I'm over here making the charcuterie board. I'm over here, got everything, you know, I'm chopping up all the little, all the fruit, putting the crackers, right? <laughs> and she's over there at your feet. She's worshiping you and hearing your word. Tell her to help me. That's Martha. <laughs> and so Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. So this might seem opposite to what I was just talking to you about, about serving and and, and having the attitude of serving and wanting to flow. But what I wanted to bring about is the other side of this coin. Don't ever let your working for the ministry, your working for God, replace you actually spending time with God. Because this is a quote by Dr. Mary Fran. Don't ever trade ministry time for your personal fellowship time with the Lord. She actually said that is why many ministers have fallen that she has seen throughout the years is because they traded their personal fellowship time with ministry time. So I'm bringing up this point to say, when you are serving, it has to come from an overflow of you having already spent time worshiping the Lord, spending time getting a word of the Lord. You have to Come from an overflow or you will be trying to pour from a dry cup. And that is how people burn out. There's a lot of people actually who will use this term burned out a lot. I've heard it a lot for people who are just like, eh, don't feel like, 
I don't want to serve. I'm getting kind of, and this is usually people who haven't been in their word and haven't been spending time with God. Because you know how you get when you haven't been spending time with God. You know you get cranky. You know you don't love on people. And you know when you come out from spending time with the word, spending time with God and in the word, you're like, oh, I love you. I love everybody. How can I help you? It has to come from this place. This is how, I mean, this is what Jesus did. He went away to spend time with his father. And then he was able to then pour out from that time he had spent with his father. But if you're not spending time with your father and you're coming in and you're serving from a dry cup, then you get burned out. You get, oh, this is, man, they're not paying me. Oh, man, that's, I don't want to do this. That comes from not having that revelation of spending that time with the Lord. Amen. And so that's why I brought up Mary and Martha. I mean, you would think he was talking about something that wasn't good. Martha was doing something good. She was serving. This is good. But when Jesus is right there, and you can worship at his feet and read his word, you need to be able to discern the time. Discern. You need to be, I need to be worshiping the Lord right now. I need to, Jesus, he said, I'm still here with her. I'm still here with you. So, you need to be sitting here worshiping. You need to be sitting here hearing the word. He said, one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Martha was worried, and she was troubled when she was serving. <laughs> she was worried, and she was troubled. You know she hadn't been spending time with the Lord. Right. Amen? Yeah. And so that brings me to this about serving, being faithful in serving. The moment you get what God wants you to do right then, do it right then. Amen. And be faithful in doing that. Ultimately, after this life on earth, you will stand before, the God, before God and you will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter thou to joy of the Lord. Good and faithful servant. And so he didn't say my good and, uh, good and prosperous servant, good and busy servant, good and eloquent speaker. He said good and faithful servant. Amen. God is looking that what he has told you to do, you're being faithful in it. Whatever he's told you to do, that you remain steadfast. You're not moved by what, you know, people are saying, you you should, instead of doing that, you should do this over here. This would be better for you. Or circumstances, or I don't have time now. I don't have time. Your time is dictated by you. Your time is dictated by you. Who's running your time? Who's running your schedule? You make your own schedule. And so really, I don't have time is a very poor excuse. It's all about your priorities. Amen? Amen. If you need to take from something else to be able to put into what God is telling you to do, that, that, is, that is a no-brainer. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And to remain faithful in that. Now, this is the part I really wanted to get to whew, about honor. I'm so excited about this. So, like I told you, when the Durants were here, and there was a lot of honor, which is fantastic, and that's good, but your guest speakers aren't here Wednesdays and Sundays. Your guest speakers aren't here all the time. We have, like I said earlier, a man and woman of God that God has placed you under. I know you sitting here can say, I know I'm supposed to be at this church. I know God told me to be at this church. And so when you know you're where God has told you to be and you honor those he's placed under you, you can actually receive from them. And so you've seen the flow of the services when the Durants were here because you were expecting you were pulling on the anointing. You were honoring them. I mean, coming up and giving them laptops. Praise God. That's such an awesome testimony. I love that. But because of your heart and honoring, they were able to flow even more specifically in that prophetic. Yeah. And so whenever you pull on that, it will be able to flow. And so 
I want you to say this with me. Say, I honor God, and I honor those that God has placed me under. Amen. The Lord and those he's placed in our lives. Let's go to Hebrews 13, 17. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Our pastors have to give account for you. That's, that's heavy. That's big. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. The word of God says it would be unprofitable for you to make those who you are under, whether you're in KOF and Pastor Jeannie or, you know, in general, our pastors here, it would be unprofitable for you to have your leader be in grief that they're your leader. And if you've ever had anyone under you or helping you with something that are very not submissive, very unsubmissive, very hard-headed, you know that that will cause grief. <laughs> Why did I get this person to help me? They're not actually helping me, right? And so it says it would be unprofitable for you. It says obey those who rule over you and be submissive. Like I said earlier, that's not just in the obedient. It's the willing and the obedient you to go to the land. God is looking at your heart. You might be submissive on the outside and insubmissive on the inside. And you don't reap reward for that. You have to be both willing and obedient. In your heart, are you submitted? In your heart, are you, okay, I'll do it, I guess. All right, here you go. Imagine your spouse. Imagine, you know, they're doing something for you. And it should come up from a place, you would want it to come from a place of, I love you, so I'm going to do this for you because I love you, I want to serve you. But imagine your spouse, oh, fine. Here, I'll tell you the trash, I guess. I guess, here, I, I pay, I'll pay, you know, pay for dinner, it's really not, I guess I'll set it here. Here you go. I, you know, it's the end of the day, I'm really tired, here, I guess. At that point, you're like, I don't even want it. Just don't do it. Yeah. At that point, just don't do it. You know, go do something else, you know? If, if that's going to be your heart attitude, right? Actually, growing up, my mom, <laughs> she's like, right, yes. She actually taught me that a long time ago when my little sister was born, which is right there with the purple hair. And she, <laughs> she said, um, there was, I was real little, so I'm nine years older than her. So she was probably like three or something, four. So I'm, you know, 12, 13. And so... Uh, I remember that when she would be, you know, little kids, little toddlers, like, I want that toy. Like, I want to hold that. And one day I was like, fine, here, because I was, I was using it or whatever it was. I'm like, sure, here. And my mom was like, uh, 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 mm, don't do that. You're either going to give it from a good heart. And this was before we were in church and I'm fire for the Lord. This is a good mama. <laughs> okay. She's like, you either give it from a good heart or don't give it. And she didn't force me to give it. She's like, you don't have to give it, but if you are going to give it, give it from a good heart. Amen. If not, then just don't give it. And I was like, that, that marked me a long time ago. I remember that. And ever since then, I remember if you give something, it needs to be coming from your heart or don't even give it. At that point, why are you giving it? You're getting no reward from that kind of sowing. Amen? It has to come from the heart. And so you want to honor those who are over you in the Lord. And so let's go to Matthew 10, 41. So this is talking about honoring the prophet. And this is what I really wanted to get to here. Because our pastor is pastor prophet. And I was really thinking about this the past couple days, like I said, because of the Durants being here. 
and seeing the flow in that prophetic, and even Justin as well, Pastor Justin, when he was, uh, he was flowing also in the prophetic. <laughs> and there's a pulling. There's, you can pull on that anointing if you're hungry for it. And it will allow the gifting to flow. And I want to see the gifting flow in here more. Amen? I'm sure all of us do. So I'm going to teach you how to do it. Amen? Praise God. So Matthew 10, 41. I didn't go to it yet. You guys are probably there. You beat me. Matthew 10, 41. All right. So it says, well, I'm going to start with 40 and then go to 41. He who receives you receives me. This is Jesus talking. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And the next verse is talking about giving a kid a cup of cold water, which is what I quoted earlier. So what does that even mean? So if you honor the prophet, you get the, honor, uh, you get the prophet's reward. What does that mean? Well, you're going to allow that prophet gifting to operate here in the church. Let me give you a, a really good example. The people back in Jesus' hometown received him as what? Did they receive him as prophet, as pastor, as, you know, man of God, Jesus, the son of God? They did not. They received him as, you're the carpenter's boy. And so they received a carpenter boy's reward. They could have got something, you know, built for them, I guess, you know, right? That's all they could have received because they received him as a carpenter's boy. But if you'd receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, if you'd receive them as such, if you receive a man of God, if you receive a pastor as such, then you can receive from that pastor what is on them, Amen. the gifting that's on them, which is for your benefit. Yeah. It's for you. That's why they operate, and that's why God has put it on them. It's for your benefit. Amen? Amen. And so you allow the prophet gifting to operate here at the church. Allow that gifting to operate here. Be hungry for it. Expect it. Amen? Yeah. And so they received him as a carpenter boy, so that's all they got. And so Jesus could not do a mighty miracle there. They could only receive a carpenter's boy reward then. I'm going to give an example that um, Pastor Justin brought up the other day. I don't know if it was in service. It might have been in the back room. But um, that over in Russia, Russia, when Pastor was in Russia and you were there? Okay. The, huh? Jordan. Oh, not you, Jordan? Okay, Jordan was there. And um, there were how many Russians? 500. But how many got prophesied to? Oh, okay, Daytona. Sorry, I'm mixing up stories here. There was probably like 15 to 20 Russian missionaries. Okay, so Russian didn't have to do with it. I didn't make that part up. Okay, in Daytona, but it was Russian missionaries in Daytona. Okay. I'm like, I knew it had something to do with Russia. So 15 to 20. Maybe four or five years ago. Yeah, four or five years ago. 15 to 20 missionary, Russian missionaries, our pastor prophesied. And, and Jordan, was Jordan or you? No, was so it was you. Okay, it was Justin. So I had the right details pretty much. Okay. So Justin, I remember because he said he about started crying. He was like, I've never seen my, my dad, I've never seen pastor operate like that so strongly. He's like, I didn't even know pastor operated like that. I didn't even know he could operate so strongly in the prophetic. And, pastor said, and he said, why, do, why doesn't this happen at the church? Now, this is at that time. So this is four or five years ago. Um, why, why, haven't, why weren't we seeing that in the church? Why did I see that just now? But we haven't been seeing that. And he said, because they honor me. Yeah. Yeah. These Russians, you know, they're looking, man of God, yeah. that he is, that we know he is. And if you'd honor him in that way, then he'd be able to flow in that which God is wanting to give to you here. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen? 
And so he's saying, because they honor me. Now, I will say this. Our church is way better now than four, five, four to five years ago, and the people that are here want to be here and are hungry. I believe a lot of the people that may have been stopping the flow have gone. And if not, praise God, the Holy Ghost is getting them gone. So I can tell you, I can tell you from talking to pastors, talking to t- talking, um, what we talk about, you know, the staff and stuff, you can see that it is moving in that direction and the people are hungry and there has been a big change in this church. And so I also believe that it's even going even greater and we're increasing and we're going to see a lot more demonstration. We're going to see a lot more of allowing our pastor to flow in that gifting. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm going to give another example here about that, about honoring and how partnering with that, those who are in the ministry over you, what it does for you. So I was actually reading something by Kenneth Copeland, which is really good. So this is kind of where this was originated from. So there are rewards in the, in the kingdom, and God's principle is that you share in certain rewards when you partner up or hook up with someone who's doing the work, even if you're not doing that work. You'll get the reward of that work. And so first, we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Actually, I'm going to paraphrase it. I'm not going to read it. Actually, no, no I am going to read it. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see when I get there if I want to read it. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Man, this is good. All right. <laughs> Let me like skim through it here. No, nah, I'm just going to give you guys an overview. All right. So David and his men, they're fighting against the Amalekites, right? And the Amalekites had come, they had plundered their home, taken their families captive. So they're, they're upset, obviously. They're crying. Their wives are gone, like all of that. And so there was a grueling work that needed to be done, which is, also, is actually called a forced march in the military. And there's a lot of pressure, and they have to take the most men and equipment as far and as fast as possible while remaining battle-ready. And by the time they reached the brook Besor, 200 of them were too exhausted to go on. And so this is a very grueling trip here. And so David was like, all right, I'm going to keep those 200 men. You could stay there and guard the supplies. Stay here and guard the supplies, and the rest of us are going to go on. So he and the rest of the men, they went on. And they then defeated the enemy and not only recovered what was theirs, but also what belonged to the Amalekites. So they had a great spoil. Now, when these men who had fought got back to the 200 who had stayed back and guarded the the supplies, they didn't want to share in the rewards. (laughs) They actually said, because they went not with us, we will not give them out of the spoil that we have recovered. And after that, David made a statute and ordinance that it shall not be so. He said, oh, absolutely not. So this is 1 Samuel 30, 23 through 25. I'm going to read that part. So it's the very end. So this is after it all took place. David said, my brethren, you shall not do so with what the Lord has given us. Who has preserved us and delivered us into the hand of the truth that came against us? For who will heed you in this matter? But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies. They, share, they shall share alike. So it was from that day forward he made a statute and ordinance for Israel to this day. He said, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. You're going to share alike. Those who stayed 
and watched the supplies is getting the same reward as those who went and was doing the battle. I want to liken this to you partnering financially. Whenever you are giving to the work of a ministry, when you're giving and it's going into this church and everything this church is doing, you're partnering. And even if you're not on the forefront of the battle, because the fivefold ministry is on the forefront of the battle, they're going and they're doing the work. Our, we, and also our church gives into missionaries and gives into those guest speakers that come in often who are going out into the world and, and doing the forefront work. And so when you give and you partner, it says you share alike in the reward. Not only those who went and, and fought in the battle, but those who stayed and watched the supplies. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think they were doing who were staying and watching the supplies? I'm sure they were praying for their fellow brothers. I'm sure they were doing their part that they could do while watching the supplies, watching it, you know, for other people not to come and take the supplies. They had a part to play, even though they were not on the forefront of the battle, and yet they still received the same reward. And so this can be likened to partnering with a ministry financially. When you link up your finances to this church, you're sharing on the grace that's on this church and the grace that's on our pastor. Amen. Our pastors. That's good. The grace that's on our pastors can then flow to you when you're hooked up financially, spiritually, when you're serving, when you're hooked up to a ministry, the grace that's on that ministry and the grace and the anointing that's on that pastor can flow to you. Amen? That's good. That's powerful. And so Philippians 1, 3 through 7, I'm going to read from KJV. I have it on here. KJV. So this is Paul talking to the church in Philippi. And he said, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart. Or let me start at verse 3, actually. Sorry. <laughs> Philippians 1, 3 through 7. I'm going to start off in KJV, and then I'm going to go to KJV. Philippians 3. No, 1, 3 through 7. So... He says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord for me to write the same things to you. It is not tedious. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong chapter. I'm like, that does not sound right. Let's start verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you, all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And here's the verse I want to get to. I'm going to read it in KJV. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are partakers of my grace. So the Apostle Paul actually called it my grace. He said my grace. He didn't say the grace. He said my grace. And he's saying here that you're partakers of my grace. You have been with me. You have been praying with me, who's hooked up with me spiritually, and I'm over you. You're actually a partaker of the grace that's on me can now flow on you. Amen? Amen. And so back to Matthew 10, 41, where it says, a pro, you know, receive a prophet in the name of a prophet. You receive a prophet's reward. Another great story is 2 Kings chapter 4, the Shunammite woman. And so you may have heard this story before, but don't tune out because the moment you think, oh, I've heard this before, you can't receive from that. Amen. So let's dive into this in a way maybe we haven't seen before. So the Shunammite woman, she honored the prophet Elisha. She persuaded the prophet, that means laid hold of him, to come to have dinner at her place. So he's walking by and she's like, I mean, she persuaded him to come eat. <laughs> 
And she was persistent to bless this man. She was persistent trying to bless this, this prophet. So much so, she added onto her home just to bless him. Right? And so later on, the prophet asks, what can I do for you? He has his servant Gehazi go see what this woman desires. He's like, he tells the servant, go, go figure out what it is that she wants. She isn't actually telling me. She's just serving me, but I know she wants something. Not that she needs, not a dire need. What does she want? What's her desire? And so she desired a son, but she didn't expect it. If you remember when the Durants were here, she taught on the difference between desire and expectation. If you didn't hear it, go back and listen to it. It's on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. <laughs> so she taught on the difference between desire and expectation, that there is a difference, right? So she desired it, but she didn't expect it. And so the pro- um, when the prophet prophesied to her having a son, she didn't even believe it at first. She didn't even have the faith for it at first. But you know who did? The prophet. The prophet had the faith for it, right? And so it was only through him that the son came to be. Without that prophet, she would not have received that gift. It may sound like a certain way, but listen, there are some things that you just aren't going to get on your own. Yes, you have your, I have my own relationship with the Lord. I know the word. I can get it myself. (laughs) You do have a relationship with the Lord. You do have the word. But God has placed you in a body, and God has placed you under someone for a reason, and we need each other. And there are some things you just aren't going to be able to get on your own. But if you'd receive the man of God that God has put in your life and go out of your way to honor, to bless that person, you'll tap into the blessing. And you'll tap into the grace and the anointing that's on that pastor's life. That's what I really wanted to get to today. When you honor then you'll actually be able to walk in whoever it is you're honoring, what they're walking in, but only when you honor. And there's a difference between respect and honor. And with respect, you can respect with your words. This is a quote by Pastor Mark Hankins. You can respect with your words, you can respect with your actions, but you can only honor with your substance. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And so I'm kind of giving you some, some thoughts I had on honor. So this was like a couple months ago, I think, actually. I was sitting in my car. Maybe even almost a year ago. And I was sitting in my car and I was thinking about honor, actually. And I will say this, that when you start looking into things when it comes to like marriage and how women think and how men think, and men typically uh, are easier flow and respect than women. Women have to kind of learn it because we're not as, we don't think the same way that men do as far as respect goes. It's not the forefront of your mind. Love is on the forefront of your mind. And then with men, respect more so. But even I was thinking between what the difference between respect and honor as well. But the thoughts I had on honor, I wanted to share with you that this is how you should think, even if you're not in agreement with those who are over you, because we're going to get into that. What about when you're serving in KOF? What about when you're serving in any area of this church, your greeting, whatever it is, and you disagree with those, that person who's over you? Or at work, at a secular job, when you have someone who's over you, a leader, what, what do you do when you disagree with a decision? Biblically, what do you do? And so I was thinking, man, even if you're not in agreement with those, you have to have enough faith and trust in your father that if you do what he says to do, if you do what he says, which is honor that man in your life, then he'll take care of whatever the situation is. And it will be well for you. I remember I was sitting in the car and I'm thinking, it will be well for me if I would just submit and listen, regardless if you agree or not. And there wasn't anything specifically I was disagreeing with at the moment. I was just reflecting on honor. Um, 
then God will, uh, God will do what only he can do in someone. There's some things only God can do in somebody. And you're not going to be able to get that through to them. Even if you push and you try. There's, no, there's some things only God, you have to take it to God and let him do it in that person. Honor unlocks. Honor is the key. Remember that. Honor is the key. And so I'll give you an example of, of not honoring but doing it your own way. I'm sure you've seen this many times. I'm sure you've seen, you know, again, an example of a woman and her husband, because this is a really good example when it comes to honoring and submission and stuff like that. But have you ever seen, you know, any other way that a woman tries to do something in her own strength and she's pushing in the opposite? Now, if you're trying to do it your own way, and it's, it's truly not in their heart, if you get that person to do it, like say you, you really just, you're nagging and you're trying, you want them to do something, maybe they don't want to do it, whatever it is. Finally, they do it. One, it's not in their heart, so it's not going to last. Two, you don't even want it at that point because it's not in their heart. They're not doing it from their own heart. This is out of place, and it will cause it to be rigid and not flow smoothly. The chain of command flows smoothly. Last, last Wednesday? No, the Wednesday before that? That I taught on um, Jesus is Lord, Lord of all, or not Lord at all, about him being master. I brought up the fact of chain of command of, of submission to authority. I'm going to bring up that example again, that we were in here the Wednesday before that where Pastor Teresa was t- uh, preaching on worship, and I'm on the drum cage. Nikki's worship leading. She's in the front uh, leading. And after that whole service, which flowed so beautifully in worship, right, you'd agree, it flowed. It was awesome service. Well, afterwards, I was talking to Pastor Teresa in the office, And I said, you know, submission to authority is so beautiful in the sense that I'm staring down Nikki. I'm watching her as I'm playing because if she tells me to build, if she tells me to get quiet, if she tells me whatever it is that I need to do, I'm watching her to make sure I'm submitting to what the worship leader is saying to do. And then she, I could see she was watching Pastor Teresa to see where Pastor Teresa was flowing. Worship, I'm going to preach, what am I going to do? Where's the Holy Ghost leading? Because she was the authority in that service, which then went to Nikki, the worship leader, which then went to me in the drum cage, uh, us, you know, on the stage. In the drum, and I was in the drum cage. And if, I'm going to give this example again, if I decided that I wasn't going to watch and see what she was doing, and she's telling me to get quiet, and I start building, and I do a crazy fill, and whatever, boom, 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 boom. I'm now interrupting the service. Now, Nikki's looking at me like, what are you doing? And then Pastor Teresa's looking at Nikki like, what are, y'all, what are y'all doing? And now I've actually stopped because now the people in the congregation get out of the flow of worship. And now they're looking at me. And when you have someone looking at you instead of Jesus, now you're stopping them from receiving what the Lord's doing in their heart. When you're in worship and the Lord is touching you and the Lord's downloading things on the inside of you, who are you to, 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 to stop the flow of that? Yeah. I'll give you another example. You ever been worshiping and someone comes up in the middle of worship and they want to talk to you and they're like, hey, what's up, man? I haven't seen you in a long time. And you're like, uh-uh, leave me alone. I'm worshiping the Lord. You just kind of give them the side eye like, why are you disrupting this? Like, there's a better time for that, okay? Be able to discern the time. Discern the time, right? If someone's worshiping and it's not time to walk up and say, hey, how are you doing? How's the grandkids? Talk to them afterwards. They're getting something from God right now. They're, they're worshiping the King of Kings, amen? And so leave them alone. <laughs> leave them alone. One time I was receiving from Dr. Mary Fran. She was laying hands on me and someone came up to come tell me something. Like, grab me to come tell me something. I was like, when I love it. But they didn't know. They're, it's better now. They've grown a lot, so praise God. But at the time, they didn't know. 
And so I remember I got so upset. I was like, why would you do that? And then I realized I wasn't walking in love now afterwards. So we had this whole thing, right? And so just don't do it, okay? Just let someone receive from the Lord. Don't disrupt that. Amen. 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 <laughs> so I'm watching Nikki. Nikki's watching Pastor Jeannie. And there's a chain of command. There's a flow in how the Holy Ghost wants to do something. And so if you're not submitted to that authority, then you're stopping the flow of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so the fruit of honor, it lasts. The fruit of honor is not temporary. It's the only way for things to work and to flow how it should. Amen. Honor even at the expense of yourself and your feelings. Honor at the expense of yourself and your feelings. Honor even if it hurts. That might sound crazy. Honor even if it hurts. Listen, you do what is right in the Lord's eyes, and he will be able to do what you can't do. Amen? Amen. You'll be able to receive from that person that God has placed in your life. And so you do what's right in the Lord's eyes, even if you feel that what they're doing or what they did isn't right. But if you're not in that place to be able to correct them, if you're not in that place, if they're over you, I'm going to get into what you do at that point. But you go ahead and you honor and you do what you're being asked to do because you're going to be held responsible and you're going to be held accountable for you uh, respecting, honoring, and listening, being submitted to the person that God has placed you under. Amen? Amen. And so don't stifle the work of the Lord by trying to do it your way. Yeah. Do it how he said to do it. Yeah. And how did he say to do it? Honor that person. Submit to that person. And God will deal with them. Trust me. Trust me. God will talk to them. If there's someone who's over you and they're doing something that's not right, the Lord will put them in their place real quick. Yeah, he will. <laughs> yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. Amen. And so don't stifle the work of the Lord. So if you ask, you know, if you're asking, how do I honor someone? Like, how do I do that? Well, think about what would you do if they were Jesus and do exactly that. Yeah. If this person was Jesus Christ, what would I do? And do that. And the Holy Spirit will help you. The Holy Spirit will always definitely help you carry out the word. Amen. The Holy Spirit is always ready to help you to carry out the word. And so, but the Holy Spirit, he can't make the decision for you. The Holy Spirit will help you to walk it out, but you have to decide what you're going to do. You have to decide, I'm going to honor today. I'm going to be honorable. Amen. I'm going to bless those who are helping me and are pouring into me and from whose grace and anointing I'm receiving from or through. Amen. Amen. So, let me look at the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, also, like even in a relationship, when you're disagreeing, yes, you can share your feelings, but not all feelings are meant to be shared with another human being. Yeah. Do not put all your weight on someone. Remember that this is not a weight another person is to bear. Sometimes there are some burdens that you're not supposed to put on somebody else. But there is someone who can bear it. Amen? Amen. You swap strength. Amen. Put that out. Cast your cares, it says, on the Lord. It doesn't say on your spouse. It doesn't say on your parents. It doesn't say on your pastor. Cast it on the Lord. Amen? And so if you feel tempted in this way, if you feel really heavy, I mean, there's, there's going to be times where you need to let things out. But go to the Lord. Allow God to help you. This is maturing and this is growing. When you know there's something that you feel on the inside. Now, I'm not saying there isn't friends in your life that God has placed in your life. Iron sharpens iron. I'm not saying don't go be an island. I'm not saying go be apart from everybody else. You have a body for a reason. But when that venting and it becomes gossip, there's a fine line there. you got to be real careful, real careful, if you want the Lord to use you. Amen? Amen? And so this is maturing and growing if you can go to God and allow him, share, share that with him and put the burden on him and not on someone else. Amen? 
And so only if something absolutely needs to be addressed, then it can be addressed. But not everything needs to be addressed. Not every feeling needs to be heard. Remember also that God hears. God wants to know. Let him know. Amen? He's your best friend and someone that can actually bear any weight. And remember that you are first. Now, this is kind of referring to when I was writing this, I was thinking about husband and wife here. You're first to help me in a friend. First. You're first to help me in a friend. And so remember that. Don't place all your burdens on somebody. And that will cause uh, friction. You know, you wouldn't do that with your friend. You wouldn't do that to you, right? You wouldn't put all your weight on them. They're not going to want to talk to you. They're not going to answer your phone call no more. <laughs> and so they're not there to serve your every need. You're to focus on serving them. When you do this, you're now tapping into the very laws God set in place, and God will meet your every need. Amen. Amen. So next, we're looking at the time, but the next subject I want to talk about here is familiarity. Ooh, mm. <laughs> familiarity. This is a big one, big, 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 big thing in a church, especially when you start to get close and you feel that your family with the pastors or your, you know, you've been with them for a long time, right? And so let's talk about familiarity. Don't ever, 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 don't let me ever hear you say Daryl or Lisa. Let me tell you. (laughs) Or any of our pastors here, right? The thing is, whenever you do that, it's just, it's dishonoring and it's putting him in a place of we're on the same level. Mm-hmm. You're my friend. He's not, that's not your friend. He's not your friend. That's your pastor. Yeah. And if you'd honor them as such, they'd be able to pastor you in a better way. They'd be able to shepherd an overseer of your soul. An overseer of your soul. That's powerful. They're held accountable for you. You want a friend? Go find another friend, you know, throughout the church, right? Get buddy-buddy, right? Amen. <laughs> Draw a boundary and do not cross it. You know, it would be very unprofitable for you if you put someone who should be over you and pouring into you on the same level as yourself, and now you're not able to receive and to grow and come up higher. They're pulling you to a higher place. Come up higher. That's what that is doing when you're honoring a man or woman of God God has put in your life. They're bringing you to a place you couldn't have got to by yourself. They're leveling you up, and that's why God has placed you under them. But if you in your mind make, oh, this, that's, that's uncle, that's auntie, right? Then you're not going to be able to level up and you're going to be at the same level. And another year from now, two years from now, five years from now, there are people who come into this church and leave the same and there are people who come and get supernaturally, I mean, the increase, right? And to get launched out, start churches, right? We've had many people start churches and it's been awesome. And, you know, if they do it the right way, right? And so... Don't ever let, you know, don't get so close to someone and where you start seeing their humanity and, you, and, and if, you, if you can, get close because they've allowed that. If someone over you in the Lord has opened that door and they kind of want to Elijah, Elisha you, you know what I'm saying? They are, they are opening that door for you to get closer with them. If you're able to see their humanity and still honor and still see their office and not let that affect, okay. They've opened that door. They've let you get that close. And that's for a specific position, though. That's for a specific reason. And so if so, okay. But if not, if you feel that tension, if you can tell that you're starting to, you know, you see something, you're, oh, why are they doing that? And now it's harder to receive. You better pull back. Pull back. If you feel that tension, pull back. Draw that line. I'm not crossing that thing because I'm going to receive and I'm going to get everything God has for me here. Amen? And so you'll know. You can, you can tell. And you ever said something, you're like, oh, should I, should I have said that? Even just to anyone, have you ever said something, you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, right? 
And so the thing is, you'll, you know, and you're getting, getting a little too, too, too familiar with someone where you're not being able to receive and honor them. Right? Amen? And so, don't talk about your leader. Pray for them. That's what we're going to talk about next. You will never be sent to a church to go against the vision that that man or woman of God has. You'll never be sent to a church because you're the person, you're the catalyst to come and change their vision. You're going to make their church better by giving them your vision. I promise you, God will never do that. (laughs) That's not the way he works. Amen? And so if he's placed you under someone or in a place, it's for a reason that what they have, you need. So if you're trying to bring another another vision, another direction, then you're actually not receiving what they have for you. You're trying to pull them into another direction. And so that causes division, D-I meaning two visions, division. Amen? You can't have two visions in a church for it to flow. If you do have a good idea and if it's warranted and your leader's asking for input, great, awesome. There's a lot of times good leaders usually do ask for input. Good leaders actually usually say, what do you, you know, what do you think about this? Or do you have an idea that could make this better? But if you disagree with something a leader says, and they're not asking you for your input, it's not warranted, right? You can, listen, you can disagree with someone, uh, something a leader says, and have a biblical way to go about it. Pray for them for what first. Pray for them first. Like I just said earlier, many times, God will get on them. If it's something that's not God, if it's something that really isn't the best way, God will let them know, but you need to pray for them. Believing they're wrong in an area, even if you have better scriptural backing, is never a cause to go to other congregants and speak poorly of the pastor and split the church. God will never honor that. Never. You will not be promoted. You will not be. You can go to another church, and I bet you the same thing will happen until you change. When you go to church, to church, to church, to church, I know y'all here aren't, so praise God. You guys are faithful. But people who go church to church to church to church, and the same thing happens, there's a common denominator, and it's you. Amen? Because <laughs> the same thing's going to happen until you change. Amen? Fulfilling another man's vision is sowing into when you have your own. If you help to fulfill what's another man's, God will give you yours. What scripture is that? Luke 16, 12. Luke 16, 12. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Luke 16, 12 says, And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? If you can't even be faithful to do what they're asking you to do, how they asked you to do it, he ain't giving you your own. You got to be faithful. Amen. Amen? But listen, once you are, and like I said, when you're faithful and you're serving and God promotes you, he'll give your own vision. And then he'll bring people under you to help you fulfill your vision. And that was from you sowing into someone else's. So exactly what you would want someone to do in your church, what would you want someone to do with your vision and your business? What would you want your employees to do for you? Do that to your employer. Do you believe in sowing and reaping? Do you believe that that is is a thing, sowing and reaping? Do you believe that that's true? Do you believe it's not only in the area of giving financially? And so if you would sow the way you would want to be given to, the way you would want to be served, then God will bring those people when you have your own vision, when it's that time. If this is for me, and this is for people who are going into the ministry. But even with, like I said, with businesses, you know, treat your employer the way you would want employees to treat you. And when you get to that spot, 
then God will bring those great employees to help you. And he'll bless you because he's going to honor you for honoring. If you honor, you'll be honored. Amen. And so, if you've not been faithful in what's another man's, who's going to give you your own? As you make it your mission to help fulfill another man's vision, then God will give you your own. Amen. Amen. And now, we're going to do the offering message. I did not forget this time. (laughs) The past two weeks, at the very end, I dismissed everyone. Sorry, Pastor, I got to tell y'all. Got to tell them myself. I dismissed everyone, and then as they started getting up, I said, oh, bring your tithes and offerings. Don't rob God. That was the offering message. It was a very quick offering message. Don't rob God. Bring your money. Amen. It's a very quick and convicting offering message. Don't rob God. Bring your money. Okay. So I'm going to come back to that Shunammite woman. Coming back to that Shunammite woman. She made it her mission to bless this man. She was persistent and wanting to bless this prophet. And she received the prophet's reward. She received that which only that man could do. But what she gave wasn't spiritual. She gave natural things. An extra room added to her house. Food, dinner. These are natural things. Money, natural things. But she received spiritual things. So if you'd sow, even in your natural things, you can still receive that those spiritual things which are way more costly and way more treasure than any material thing. Amen? I bet you she would have gave. I mean, I I would say that this woman was probably wealthy. One, it calls her a great woman in the word, a noble woman, like large, like people knew her. And also, she just built onto her house just like that. I think she had a little money, right? That I would say she's probably wealthy. And the thing is, I bet you she would have gave up all those finances to have that son. What do you really desire? What's really in your heart of hearts? What is it that's actually been on your heart that you really would love to receive from God? Now turn that not only to desire, but into expectation. And when you take what you do have and you give it and you sow it into that man or woman of God, into that ministry, then God will be able to bless you with that which is actually in your heart that you can't buy. That thing that only God can do in your life. Amen? Amen. God wants to move in your life. He wants to give you that thing. More than likely, if that desire is that strong on the inside of you, God probably put that desire there. God God put that desire for children in that Shunammite woman and, and, and his people. There are things that are very good and very godly and things that you have on your heart don't, don't, you know, guess that God didn't actually put that there, you know, if it goes with the word. <laughs> and so she gave of her monetary, or she gave of her natural means and reaped a son. If you want to reap that which has been in your heart, I'm telling you, honor the man and woman of God, God has placed in your life. So, so where you want to go. Amen. That is the, always the key when it comes to sowing. Whatever you sow into, you can partake of what's happening, that grace and that anointing on that ministry. Sow where you want to go. If you don't want to go there, don't sow into it. But if you want what another man has, sow. Amen. Sow into it. That's good. And that grace, that anointing will come upon you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So 
Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you for every person that is in this room. I thank you that they've had an eye-opening, a revelation experience to see that as they honor the man and woman, as they honor Pastor Darren, Pastor Lisa, as they honor you know, the vision of this church, as they hook up and they partner with what God is doing here, Father, I thank you that they're going to new heights. I thank you they're growing in you. I thank you that I see every person in here. I see them as you see them growing in the Lord, maturing in the Lord, and walking in the plan of God you have on them, the destinies on the people in this room, the plans you have for them. That They're at this church, not, not just randomly, but they're at this church for a reason, that they're in this church, and I thank you that they receive everything that you've hooked them up with this church to receive. I thank you, Lord, that they will not leave this place the same way they came. I thank you that as they sow and as they serve with a good heart, with a good attitude, we thank you that you see everything that they're doing. You see them when they changed that toilet paper in the bathroom. You saw when they came in and they helped someone who was walking around the lobby, was a new person and greeted them. You saw every little thing. You saw what they did this morning. You saw when when they're worshiping, when they're reading the word. Thank you that you see everything that they're doing. And it says that, that you're good and you're faithful, that you will not forget the manner of love. You won't forget their labor of love. I thank you, Lord, that you said in your word you will never forget that labor that they did for you in church and in serving you and in for their family. Lord, I thank you that every person here, as they sow into the word, into the gospel going out, as they sow into this ministry, I thank you for the grace and the anointing that you've put on our pastors to flow on them. And I thank you they'll see it in their lives, very evident in their lives. I thank you for it. And I thank you that you bless their finances as they come up to give. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us, too, that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.